Hi, I'm Nicole Hurd, and welcome to my podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be inspired. And the good news is, there are a lot of inspiring people associated with the College Advising Corps. Over the coming weeks and months, I will have the honor of introducing you to them. People who believe in hope, people who believe in opportunity, people who believe in our beauty, our power, and our potential. People who believe in serving in communities and people who courageously say, I believe in you. And we will also talk about the importance of navigating the path to college. Join me in this journey to be inspired, this journey in a time of challenge to lift and love and dream. Welcome to the Knowledge for College podcast. Uh, Welcome, everybody. I have a treat for you. This is the Knowledge for College podcast, and I have two College Advising Corps alums today who are going to inspire you and going to make us all kind of radiate love and light with the incredible inspiration they provide. Uh, Two folks I want you to meet. Ryan McBride is a graduate of the University of Michigan uh, and was an advisor back in 2010. Ebony Williams is an advisor, former advisor from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and is one of the original four uh, back in 2007. Uh, They are now leading our space in beautiful and exciting ways. Um, And I can't wait to amplify their voices and spend some time with them. I'm very, very excited about this. Ryan and Ebony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And so, uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Um, you came to us from the University of Michigan. Want to tell everybody why? Why did you become a college advising core advisor? That's a great question. I, um, you know, originally didn't know much about the college access space, uh, but I had an academic advisor, uh, Jeffrey Harold. I still keep in touch with him. He um, he had gotten some information about the core starting at Michigan. And he, you know, asked me, you know, what are your plans after high after college? Do you know what you're going to do? And so you know, I was kind of vacillating between going to grad school, maybe studying education, maybe studying, you know, creative writing. I was I was kind of all over the place. And, um, you know, he thought it would be a good fit for me. So he just said, you should apply. You should look into it. Check it out. And so, um, you know, I had always had an interest in education more broadly, like maybe teaching or being a professor. And so I applied for it. And um, shortly after applying, I saw that on the, the map of the state of Michigan, one of the cities or proposed cities was going to be um, Saginaw, my hometown. And so I had never really thought about going back home. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, that would be really cool if I somehow could be placed you know, as an advisor in my hometown and maybe give back in that way. Um, and so for me, you know, after looking into the program and thinking about my goals and seeing that there was a school in Saginaw that was selected as a, as a site, um, it just kind of made sense for me to really look into it and um, apply and, and pursue it. Great. Uh, and Ebony, you know, so you're both pioneers. You were both first to be uh, advisors in your chapters. Uh, Ebony, why don't you talk to us? Why, why did you become a Carolina Corps member? Yeah, so I was a senior at Carolina coming up on spring semester and wasn't exactly sure what the next steps were going to be, but I knew one thing for sure, like I love working with young people. Um, I knew though that, that teaching was not my calling, um, but I wanted to do something to work with young people. And um, I remember um, my boyfriend at the time, husband now, um, he he saw like a posting for this new program that was starting at Carolina and I had a couple friends and I literally got this same post, um, this article sent to me like three different ways. So I looked into it and I was like, whoa. And similar to Ryan, um, my former high school was on the list of high schools to be served. And so that was really inspiring because I think about my own college, um, high college process and um, just know that I did a lot of work individually to get to Carolina, but I didn't have like a lot of help. 
and how many students that I know could have gotten to the same place that I did um, had they had a, a little bit of extra help. And so I applied to the program, didn't know exactly what it meant because it was brand new and um, completely life-changing experience from there. So that's how I ended up and why I signed on to be an advisor. Well, look, at the two of you not only did an amazing job at your schools, but you actually lifted us all up in beautiful ways. I can remember Ebony going with you to Texas um, to testify in front of the commissioner and the board to get us uh, into Texas. And we now have 120 plus advisors in Texas. Uh, Ryan, I will never be able to uh, forget the moment that you and I got to go to the White House and meet President Obama and Mrs. Obama. And I actually really lost my cool in front of you. I did some serious fangirling. So uh, sorry that you're CEO was not a little bit more together that day, but um, you both got a chance to represent the core in really beautiful ways that made a real impact. You know, as we're in this pandemic and, you know, people at Michigan, Carolina, um, our other university partners are thinking about doing this. I'm going to have you all play recruiters for a second. What would you say to a, somebody who's in their, their senior year thinking about applying to the core, thinking about uh, this opportunity? What, what would you say to them? What was the most impactful thing about being an advisor? So I will say um, the the tangible good that I was able to see um, my work helping the young people that I was helping. And what I mean by that is that, you know, it, it's not about me. It's about the young people that we are serving. But it was so rewarding and changed my life to be able to see, wow, with just a little extra care, a little extra time, a little extra commitment, there are some amazing young people in these schools that are unfortunately, you know, our counselors are overworked, underserved, like, and we were able to truly have an impact as an advisor. And so I think about if I'm, a, if you're a senior, um, and you know, you think about what you want to do next, just what is the impact you want to have, and what is the tangible good you want to put into this world? And I will say, helping a young person. Uh, truly changed the trajectory of their life. I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, we're kind of like superheroes for real. Like we are helping young people make critical decisions and walking alongside these beautiful young minds and learning from them. And they're learning from us to make decisions that are going to change the trajectory of their lives, their family lives, and sometimes for the generations to come. Um, and if that's the type of work you're looking to do, join the core. <laughs> Great. Ryan, do you have any thoughts about kind of why why this work is important, or why what pulled what would pull what advice you give to somebody who's pulling in this direction? Absolutely, yeah, I would echo you know everything Ebony said about the long term potential impact that you can have. Um, you know, even ten years later, I have students that reach out to me who just let me know, hey, I'm starting my master's program, or starting this new career, or I have a couple students in PhD programs now. Um, so you you really get a chance to kind of see that. The, the short-term impact you're having, but also the long-term impact on, you know, helping students gain access to opportunities, both in education, career-wise, um, but also on, on like a practical level. I think I learned a lot of new skills um, in this role because you're, you're doing so many different things and you're wearing many hats. So, I mean, you're getting experience in, and some of this I didn't even realize until later, like in, in later jobs or positions, but you're getting hands-on like project management experience. Uh, I mean, you're doing some partnership development with different organizations and people in the community. Um, a lot of public speaking, you know, presentation, training and development experiences. So, you know, I look back on, on this role and um, there were so many things that I did in this job that were really uh, kind of foundational to other things that I've been able to do. Um, so it was, it was a great like training ground for kind of being able to sample a lot of different types of work um, to see what you like, what you may not like as much, 
um, to maybe see what you're good at that you didn't know, you know, you had as much skill in. So those are some things that come to mind too. Awesome. Now look at, I think, you know, one of, we, one of our core values is grace and humility. And I love the fact that um, the advisors make this about their students and not about themselves. But part of that humility sometimes is not recognizing um, all the skills you do gain, right? I mean, there's an amazing amount of just um, resilience and creativity and persistence and um, collaboration, soft skills, we call them. I don't know why we call them soft skills because I actually don't think they're soft. I think they're actually critical and hard to, uh, to acquire sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, part of being an advisor is really to build muscle that I'm not sure you actually realize you're building while you're doing it, to your point, Ryan. Um, you know, the other thing during this pandemic, it's really important to me is, you know, we're having a hard time building community because community is being done virtually right now. And so instead of doing our advisor summit, which you both were at summits and um, saw all the advisors together, uh, this year we're going to be, you know, 900 people in little boxes on screens. Um, and so I want to just give you both a chance as really outstanding leaders in our alumni group uh, to talk to the advisors who are finishing up about kind of what was your journey in terms of where are you now uh, and what was next and what advice do you have them as they start to pivot to the next opportunity in their careers? One thing I just want to uh, kind of loop back to what Ryan was said. I completely agree. I, I, I still draw on skills that I learned as an advisor and this is ooh, 14 years later now. Um, and so I just wanted to double down on that point. Um, but I would say my journey after the advising core uh, was really a journey of like, I know I still love this aspect of college access and success. And where do I want to find myself on that spectrum? And when I first finished the core, I, I found myself wanting to do more of the higher ed and success. So I went and got my degree at NC State in um, higher education administration and spent some time working on the higher ed front because again, on the trajectory of, of this journey for young people, all of it's important, both the access to college and the success while in there. Um, and then I, I realized that, okay, I want to go back to more of the college access part. So I will say since um, about 2013, I left and went back to the college access aspect. In my most recent role, I currently work with One Goal, which is a college access organization. Um, and I'm a senior director for um, post-secondary program and uh, partnerships which is really exciting because it gives me the opportunity to, one, I lead a team that uh, really helps to support our students through whatever their post-secondary pathway may be. Um, and I get the opportunity to make and build partnerships for um, our students to make sure they have viable places to go and actually be successful. Um, I will also share that I am currently on maternity leave. And when I finish my maternity leave, I will be exiting one goal and my, my newest role, which this is not news. It's not like it's a surprise to one goal. Everyone already knows, but my newest role, I will be chief of staff for, um, 4.0 schools. So if I think about the ways that having been an advisor just helped me to, um, like Ryan was saying, you get to dabble in a lot of different aspects and, and get a lot of different skills such that 14 years later, I was able to look at my career and think about where is it that I want to go next with my career programmatic with, you know, do I want to be on a programmatic front? Do I want to do development? Do I want to, you know, be more of kind of a synergy between the two of those? And um, I found for myself, that's where I wanted to lie, which is being at the sort of crux of the program and the development and really working alongside the CEO to make success for that. So I'll be transitioning into that space at the end of March. Um, and again, I still credit the advising core as a part of the success that I have had in my 
um, career and some of the skills that I've learned. Ebony, congratulations on your gorgeous family and also congratulations on your new job. There's lots of, lots to celebrate in the Williams household right now. Um, Ryan, you want to talk about it? Want to talk about your kind of post core journey and where you are now? Yeah, sure. Um, so similar to Ebony, I actually, uh, after the core, went back and did a master's in higher ed and, um, you know, really thought that I wanted to stay in the higher ed space. Uh, so I was I was in higher ed for maybe two, about three years. Um, doing community outreach work at first, and then I spent about a year as an academic advisor and um, really enjoyed the higher ed space, but I wanted to, personally, I just wanted a change to, to try something different outside of the, the state of Michigan. And so um, I kind of had to broaden my search, um, you know, since I wanted to move out of state and move to a bigger city. And so I landed um, in DC for about two years at the College Success Foundation, um, where I was kind of working sort of at the intersection between like philanthropy and and college access to a certain extent. Um, and so in that role, I, I basically provided advising, support and, and scholarship disbursement to um, students who were funded by our foundation and really enjoyed that work. That work um, Hadn't really planned to leave DC, but I was presented with um, an opportunity in New York to work for the New York City Department of Education in 2017. Um, and so in that role, I was working as a college planning manager, um, at the time, Mayor de Blasio in New York City, he had this really ambitious equity and excellence agenda. And so he had multiple college access initiatives that um, the city was funding like citywide. So um, at that time I was working on um, an initiative called College Access for All Middle School. Um, and so every single middle school in New York City, five, like 505, 510 middle schools or so um, received funding to take students on college visits, um, provide workshops and other college readiness support. So I was able to do that for two years, really, really enjoyed it, um, had a great time, but I kind of wanted to be in a role where I would be able to provide more training and professional development. Um, and so now for maybe the last yeah, year and a half, I've been working for um, an organization called New Tech Network um, as a continuous improvement and college access coach. And um, New Tech Network is essentially like a national network of schools um, across the country. So we have 25, well, 250 schools across 25 states. And in my role, I basically provide training, um, professional development and coaching to school leaders um, to, to essentially help them improve their college readiness supports. Um, so I've kind of bounced around the pipeline, you know, higher ed, K-12, um, philanthropy, but the, the common thread has been, you know, supporting students in college access and success um, at some point in the pipeline. Well, look at Ryan, what I love about your story is that it's not always linear, right? I mean, I think we spend a lot of time putting pressure on ourselves. We have to have these like perfectly linear careers, right? Um, and it's, you know, higher ed and it's always higher ed. And you start here and, you know, the ending is, I don't know what, you know, your chancellor, your president, your, you know, dean, your professor, your whatever. But there's these very kind of step ladder ways of looking at life. And for all of us, that's not really how it happens, right? It's actually a lot more... Um, you know, a matter of opportunity and luck and skill and following your heart and following your head. And, you know, like I said, I, I look at my own career um, and there's nothing particularly linear about it and I wouldn't change a thing. So I think what I love about uh, both of you sharing your stories is hopefully it will inspire advisors to take some pressure off <laughs> um, and know that, look, if you're going to graduate school, 
that's great. Um, and if you love it and you stay in that space, that's fine. And that's, that's awesome. And we'll all be here to support you. And if you decide to pivot, that's great too, right? Um, you know, I would never recommend a PhD in religious studies as, uh, you know, the first step in nonprofit, you know, national, uh, scaling management. But, uh, I also don't regret the fact that I did it. Right. And so I think it's really about, um, being nimble and following your head and your heart, um, in ways that lift you up and lift the people around you up, um, so that you can make a contribution. Um, and I love that about both of you. You know, I want to talk to you all, you know, the College of Eisenhower is in this incredibly important moment as an organization. And as a CEO, I want you both to hold me to account. So, you know, we're in a moment where I think we're having some long overdue and important conversations about racial equity, about racial injustice, and about how we lift diverse voices, how we create pipelines of talent, how we really start to lean in. Uh, and, you know, Diversity, equity, inclusion is absolutely in College Advising Corps' DNA. And I'm incredibly proud of how many students we've served and how many of them have been people of color and how many advisors we've had and how many of them have been people of color. But I'm also aware every organization has blind spots and I'm also aware we can always get better. So can you both talk to me about kind of how CAC fits into your kind of thoughts about racial justice and what you wanna see as an alum or what you wanna see in the world as you sit as you know young leaders in the education space what is your kind of hope or your dream or where are you leaning in on these issues right now when your voices are so important? And I'm so glad you both agreed to be with me today. But want to give me some thoughts about that? Where we are as a society and um, just leaning in thinking about racial justice, DEI, one of the biggest things that seems to be coming to light for for majority communities that, um, you know, may not have had the opportunities or just have will have willfully decided to ignore, you know, some of the injustices that are happening is that there's just so much talent and beauty and um, skill and um, in communities of color and that sometimes it's going to show up in a different way. It's not going to, similar to what you were saying, Nicole, about just um, our paths and our career, like there are ups and downs, there's ebb and flows, there's peaks and valleys, there's setbacks and step forwards. Um, sometimes the skills that people of color have or bring to the table are not going to look the cookie cutter experiences that the majority community have had. And that's just literally because of what is set, um, the systematic racism sometimes and just the barriers that are set forth in our, in our country. And so what I want to see and would love to see from the advising core is just, you know, as we're recruiting advisors, as we are working with, um, the students, being sure to honor the different ways that leadership shows up or honor the different ways that um, creativity, entrepreneurship, um, all of those skills show up and, and being sure that it's not, you know, if you do kind of don't fit in this very um, prescribed box of what we think leadership is, then you're not going to be a great advisor because sometimes someone may shine in a particular area and be a great advisor to help change the lives of some young people and maybe their grades or, or, you know, whatever the case now, I'll, I'll say, I don't know exactly the criteria of being advisor nowadays, but whatever the case, um, that's something that I would love to see at the advising core because there's the potential to change, again, the trajectory of a lot of young people's lives um, in, in terms of high school students, but also the young college students that, that the advising core gives us opportunity to, to change their lives and um, just want to make sure that how we are looking at talent and skills is outside of the box. Ebony, I love that you said that because it's one of those things where I do think we should hold ourselves to account, right? The reality is most 
um, well, right now all the active College of Eisenhower chapters are at predominantly white institutions, right? Um, that tend to be highly elite schools. Uh, and when you're from that highly elite space, you sometimes have these gigantic blind spots, whether they're willful or not, uh, around community college, right? Around um, the diversity in higher ed, around uh, non-traditional paths, around um, really seeing talent in all sorts of ways as you're, as you're kind of calling us to do. You know, one of the things I'm really proud about CAC is we're actually sending more kids to community college uh, into four-year schools. And I don't think people realize that. They see, oh, these great advisors are coming from Michigan and Carolina. They could only be sending kids to Michigan and Carolina. We're actually sending students to all sorts of different institutions. And we will this year have our first HBCU chapter at North Carolina A&T. So I think, you know, you calling us to think about uh, diversity and impact and seeing talent everywhere is incredibly important. I mean, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, we recently got this data. You know, College Advising Course helped over you know, 30,000 students go to HBCUs. We've helped over 120,000 students go to HSIs. And so again, I think your call to tell our story better and to continue to kind of uplift talent wherever it is. And you know, Ebony, I appreciate you calling us on that because I think that's a space where again, we can always do better um, and we need to be attentive to it. So Ryan, do you have thoughts about how we can be better or what your kind of hopes are for, for both CAC and, and just kind of the world at large right now as we're in this moment? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that just having gone through the core um, social justice and, you know, liberation is, is really at the core of what you're of the work that you're doing. Um, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is that, you know, one thing that we when, when I'm training school leaders and principals and counselors, we, we talk a lot about like asset based thinking and, you know, addressing any deficit based ideas and thoughts that we have. And we, um, you know, I think the main thing is that as we're doing this work, we have to constantly, just on a personal level, um, really think about where our thoughts are, um, aligning ourselves with those asset-based thoughts about our students and about um, the work that we do with them. Because ultimately, if, you know, if we're trying to change systems or trying to change organizations or trying to make that positive change, it really kind of starts on the personal level. So I think it's, you know, I kind of think about it from that perspective, like making sure that we're, we're always interrogating our own biases, our internal implicit biases, things of that nature, um, to align our thinking with like where we're trying to go. So th those are my, my thoughts, kind of like starting on the personal level and then kind of moving outward. Now, I think, Ryan, you're, you're picking up on something really important, which is having the advisors and having all this fine space, um, especially our advisors of color, to have space to, to do that kind of um, personal radiating, uh, right? And then to start having that radiate out to their students and to other advisors and then radiate out to their communities. Having, having um, you know, Ebony's the word shine, right? I think it's really important for advisors to, to find that space to shine uh, personally and then let that, that kind of love and light and opportunity and, um, you know, you use the phrase social justice, right? That, that example, um, let it kind of wash over everybody um, and, and show us a better way of doing things and a better way to be inclusive and a better way to listen. So I, I really appreciate both of you holding me and holding the advising corps to account um, as we consider, you know, how do we go through this and be better? Um, how do we go through this and be more inclusive? How do we go through this and really make sure that uh, we're aligned with our values and it's not just about the talk, it's about the walk, right? Um, are we really showing up this way every day? Um, you know, want to kind of pivot a little bit uh, 
just the advisors that are listening to this, um, you know, I love asking this question to all, all advisors, both current and, and alums, but you want to both share, you know, a favorite moment, uh, something that, that when you have a rough day or you are having that hard time with your own kind of radiating, <laughs> uh, something you go back to that puts a smile on your face or, or, or frankly, you know, this is what it does for me. I think about the two of you, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, but you are two people that when I have a bad day, I think about, look at, you know, the reason why you got up this morning is because you are surrounded by amazing people who motivate you like Ebony and Ryan. So let's get up and do this, right? So um, will you two want to share kind of a favorite moment or what keeps you going when you think back at your advice and core time? Um, I'll share two moments, uh, two moments and then a, a current thing that kind of continues to keep going. So one, um, when I was advisor, I was at Hillside in Southern Durham High School in Durham, North Carolina. Um, and I remember the first time at Southern Durham, um, one of my students got the park scholarship at NC State and we just lost it. Cause I mean, we, it was, we thought it was a long shot for him. And of course, you know, this is my first year as an advisor. So having been a college student, I didn't really know a lot about different scholarships at various places. So, you know, once I found out about it and knew his interest in going to NC State, we applied. And when he received it, it was just like, such a glorious win for all of us. And we were just all so excited, so happy to celebrate him. So that was something that I continue like, man, even when things are like a long shot, like still go after him, still try. You never, you truly never know. Um, I think the second memory is uh, the first decision day uh, that I hosted at Hillside High School. Um, and just the amount of fun we had, like we, you know, we didn't have a DJ. We like, I guess, plugged up an iPod back then, <laughs> plugged up an iPod and had food and the kids brought their letters and it was just truly the most fun. And I think being sure to incorporate at that time students that were going to community college and military um, really uplifted them and sent the message that, hey, it's about having a plan. It's about having some type of post-secondary plan and not um, just about four-year college that was really exciting. And then I think the current thing that kind of just still keeps me motivated is I, I follow a number of my fellows or students, excuse me, from... Um, uh, my first year on Instagram and to see them now they're like mothers and fathers and lawyers and doctors and um here recently one of my former students he got elected to the South Carolina uh, State Senate and so just to see those types of things are like whoa and not to say clearly that I am the 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 result of I mean the um cause of that but to see the the outcomes of your students on a day-to-day -day basis still is truly motivating um so that's something those are the the memories and the current thing that still helps to keep you motivated. Ebony, I love the fact that you're reminding us uh, the importance of celebrating, right? I think, again, I know myself and I know a lot of uh, alums and advisors, it's that constant need, like, you got to do more, you got to do more. There's always more work to do. There's always so much to do. And you forget to stop and celebrate, right? And some of the best moments, frankly, are the moments when we do stop and reflect and celebrate. So thank you for, for sharing those with us. Ryan, do you have some favorite memories? Definitely. Yeah, a couple that come to mind. Um, I guess the first one that comes to mind is I, I had a student, I think she graduated my second year in the core, um, but I had known her, you know, since I was back in my hometown, I had known her since she was like six or five or six because her grandfather uh, was kind of a community leader. He would get us involved in different activities and um, different academic competitions. And so he would always kind of bring his granddaughter along. And so by the time I went back to be an advisor, she was a junior in high school. 
And um, her name is Andrea Pugh. And she, you know, just was doing really amazing things. She um, was the first student, I think, in our school history to win the Gates Scholarship, the Gates Millennium Scholarship. And so everybody was, you know, super excited for her. And um, she went on now and kind of like Ebony mentioned, <clears throat> you know, just to see their progress. She's, she's doing like a PhD now in, um, I think, uh, environmental science at uh, Florida A&M University. Um, so just to kind of see her progress over time and <clears throat> some of the great things she's been able to do, um, it was you know rewarding to see that back then, but then to see her continue and, and many other students um, is just really great. But um, also Dr. Hurd knows about the, um, the highway to college program that we had at Saginaw High School. Um, it, was a, it was basically a, like a passport booklet every student could, could receive. And the more um, college action steps that they accumulated, they were able to get stamps in their passport. And so um, at the end of the year, we basically participated in the award ceremony at the school. And so students who had the most um, college access uh, stamps in their passport were able to get prizes. And to me, it was super rewarding to see the community get involved. So we had, you know, corporations and local businesses that said, hey, you know, we heard about this program. We want to donate, you know, 10 graphing calculators or we want to donate a computer or whatever it might be. And so it, it was just kind of cool to see the community come together and kind of rally around college access for the school. And, um, you know, we had so many students that received like really big prizes. Um, and I, you know, with, with the budget I had, you know, there were certain things that I could afford, um, but it was just, it was cool to see the community sort of take ownership and say, hey, we're bought in, we want to get involved. We, you know, we want to show love and reward students for taking college action steps. Um, and they were just stepping up, you know, left and right. So that was um, just a, a definite high point just to see that the work sort of spread beyond, you know, just my role to like other people in the community getting, getting involved. Ryan, I love that story. And I love the fact that you reminded us, you know, back to kind of who we are as an organization that we do this in profound community, right? And um, and whether it's the school community or the community around the school, you know, I just love the idea that none of us are alone in this, right? Um, and when you activate the community and they also see the talent uh, and the potential in their students, that's when the magic happens, right? Um, that when you really kind of have those moments when we're all in this together, um, that's when the magic happens. So thank you for that memory. It's, it's inspiring to think about. We're uh, gonna wrap up, but you know, just want to thank you both for, for look at, I think when we started the College Advising Corps, there was always this kind of dual uh, vision, right? One was to get as many first-generation, low-income, and underrepresented students to and through college as possible. Um, and, you know, we're on our march to a million students by 2025. But the other part of this, and I would argue is, is equally important, um, and maybe in some ways is more important, was to really help um, launch a new generation of leaders, the advisors themselves, right? To create these pipelines of diverse talent, to create these pipelines of people who understood social justice, who understood community engagement, who understood uh, how to make the world a better place, and frankly, would become leaders, right? That they would occupy space in education or in the private sector or in government or whatever, and make sure that we all know if different people are sitting in different seats, we'd have different decisions, right? And so uh, really making sure that those advisors got a chance to become leaders. Like I said, I can't imagine two better um, leaders than the two of you. You both inspire me all the time. So um, as we wrap up, any last things you want to say to our viewers, our, our, your fellow uh, advisors, your, your CAC community and family as we, as we head out? Um, uh, Ebony, any last thoughts? Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I say that as an alumni, 
Um, and I also say it as an alumni, as a parent that will you know, one day have students going through the college process, um, as a community leader and as a um, just supporter of you all. Um, I know the work you do. I know the behind the scenes things are gonna, a lot of things are un, unseen, uh, sometimes unappreciated. I know there's sometimes difficulty on your campuses, you know, all the great work that you're trying to do. There's sometimes campus politics. There's so many things that are at play, but I just want to say thank you to uh, keep charging on, especially in this unprecedented world that we're living in right now. Um, I know this is not exactly what you thought when you signed up for it, uh, the number of virtual um, interactions and, and trying to support students through not only just the college process, but I'm sure you all are turning into social emotional support. Um, and so I just want to say thank you. And I just lastly want to say take care of yourself um, to be sure that you do sometimes stop to celebrate the wins, celebrate yourself, um, that you truly, um, whether it's journaling, taking pictures, remember this experience because it is going to change your life uh, for the years to come. And um, just just go head first into everything you're doing. Get, give, give yourself over to it while also making making sure to take care of yourself. So I say thank you, take care of yourself and charge on. Thanks, Ebony, that's great advice. Ryan, any any final thoughts? Definitely. Um, first off, thanks again, Dr. Hurd, you know, for the opportunity to um, just participate. Um, and to the advisors, I would echo what Ebony said, you know, thank you for the, for the work that you do, for the vision that you have, um, for the many, you know, obstacles that you encounter that you keep pushing through. Um, the only, I guess, advice I would offer is to really leverage the power of your your network. So your advisor network. Um, you know, I still keep in touch with people from the core at my university, but also folks that I met at the convenings or the summits. Um, and you know, they're doing amazing things. We've been able to connect and share ideas and share job opportunities. Um, and really just kind of encourage each other even after the course. So it's, it's been beautiful to kind of see the different directions people have gone in. Um, some of us have, you know, known each other from the core and then ended up in the same city and, and caught up and been able to kind of share ideas and work on things together. So I would say really tap into that network, um, keep, you know, stay engaged with the folks that you've been able to, to meet and work with. And um, you never know where it might lead or, or what opportunities you can connect each other to. Thank you for that, Ryan. You know, Ryan, Ebony, I'm so grateful for you to do this because look at one of the things I've been doing during this pandemic is having weekly weekly office hours and uh, a lot of times first year advisors show up during office hours and you know it's so strange they were recruited during the pandemic then they had their summer training during the pandemic now they've been in school during the pandemic and so they've not even met their other advisors in their core in person let alone uh, the summit where they would have met all their colleagues from across the country and so you know this podcast is going to get the chance for them to meet the two of you um, and to actually start to extend the CAC family so um, and I don't want to hear it they're going to be asking me for your email contacts so, and I will give them out because <laughs> uh, you both are both amazing mentors and champions but again just want to thank you both for spending some time uh, making sure that our CAC family is well and giving some great advice and just radiating the love and light and opportunity and believing in everybody's potential. Um, I, like I said, I find you both to be um, just absolutely guiding lights of inspiration um, as we continue to do this work. So thank you both for this time. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening. This is the Knowledge for College podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending some time with us. I hope you've left inspired and ready to serve. For more information about College Advising Corps, please visit collegeadvisingcorps.org. And until next time, we believe in you.